Internet Brand Strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel to telecommuting from home to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Janine J.C. Childers and she is an author of a new book that has just come out and it is the best book for you if you love dogs, if you've ever loved an animal, made it part of your life. I'm going to dedicate this show today to Misty, Smokey, Snowy, Bailey, Sally, Sophie and Chicken Nugget, they are the loves of my life, and they are, some of them are still here, some of them have crossed over, and if you've ever loved a pet as much as I have, this show is for you. You're going to want to check out JC's book, Pause for Smile, P-A-W-S, F-U-R, Smiles. It's a paperback that just came out. You can read it on Kindle Unlimited, and you can get yourself a paperback wherever books are sold. JC, welcome to today's show. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here and meeting you personally, finally. Finally. I forward to that. Oh, so I have to ask you, what was your first dog? What was your first pet? I had a collie. I was born during Depression, so I grew up during a very hard time of life. We lived with my grandparents on the farm, and people were known to drop their animals on the farmers because they didn't have enough food for their kids, much less for a pet. And this first little dog that came to us was a collie and had no idea on nothing that we could track or find the owners. And he became my best friend. He followed me everywhere I went. He raced from my sandbox to the house to make my parents and grandparents aware of a snake in my sandbox. And they were there, stat, and got me safely into the home. And then he ran away with me one day. You did? You guys ran away? Yes, yes. My dog. No, my dog. Laddie, the the collie. He and I were tired of watching Grandma and Mother do the laundry outside on a washboard. I mean, that's all the poor dear ladies had Mm -hmm. to work with. And they had a lot of laundry. And they couldn't take time out for this little trick that was placed on a potty and off they walked and laddie and i ran away i don't have this in the book but i did have uh, a, a circumstance my auntie called my great auntie called my mother and said do you know janine is over here no, I didn't know that. Well, I didn't think so because she doesn't have any panties on. <gasps> and I just didn't have time to get dressed. I had to get out of there when I could. Besides, great aunt Tini was cooking cookies. And Laddie and I smelled them. Mm. And we were getting on our way. 
to take a little trip to Aunt Teenie's to get a handful of wonderful homemade cookies, which we did. Aww. Of course, Aunt Teenie brought me back home. She says, your mom's very worried about you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh -huh. and that, that was our first experience. We had a lot of running away to do, but it was always coming back to the farm. Mm -hmm. And we had no, nobody my age within miles. It was all old people. <laughs> yet we needed somebody to play with us. Mm -hmm. I was less than a year old. I barely started walking. But we learned how to get to places and did. And how long was Laddie was his name? Yeah, Laddie was my dog. Well, <clears throat> I had him until I was a teenager. So he lived quite a long time. He was treated well and loved. Mm -hmm. That's all it takes for most of these animals. They're well, I think they up. open a part of our hearts that, um, you know, I can say with all honesty, you know, I care for my 87 year old dad and I have two children. And at one point I had as many as six dogs because I did have a big property here in Southern California. So when people went overseas for work or for the military or they, my client was ill and he's like, please take my dog. You know, I took them all in. And so at one point I had seven and they were all crate trained and they would, they knew their names. They would you know, heal and, and, you know, do what I needed them to do. But what was astounding to me was how each of them reflected a different part of either my or my kids' personalities or our needs and how they just flowed like water into those positions. You know, Chicken Nugget went to my dad and he's a wonderful companion. My kids named him. That's how I got the name Chicken Nugget. He's a little fat Chihuahua rescue, like a collection of random dog parts. He got one ear from one breed and one, you know, nose from another. And then we had a Cavalier King Charles that belonged to a very famous celebrity who oh. fell ill and was one of my clients. And that dog came to us and he was so proper. His name was Sir Thomas Bailey. So we had Sir Thomas Bailey sitting next to Chicken Nugget. And, you know, it was just, it's just the most wonderful thing you can have when you have beloved members of your family with fur. That is so true. And those King Spaniel, um, King Charles Spaniels are just precious. Their little faces are so cute. And they are beautiful. They seem to express their love to you so well mm -hmm. and appreciate yeah. everything you do for them. They are. They are. And I think, you know, like when I went through my divorce and when my mom died, I think that Chicken Nugget gave my father, who was married to my mom for over 50 years, gave him a comfort and support that none of us could provide. And I think that that was so important for my dad, but so important for Chicken Nugget. You know, he has his, his role. He knows what he's supposed to do. And my son, when he was six years old, when, when his father left us, um, we had Snowy, Snowy Snowball, which was just a little white puff of dog. And Snowy would sit, she just knew 
when my son was in distress, if he was missing his father or didn't understand why dad left, Snowy could hop in his lap and just communicate to him that everything was going to be okay, which it was. They have a way of soothing you so much. And they, they've been so known to help people. In, on shorelines, there are some wonderful animals that rescue the sailors. Hey, JC, I'm just going to jump in right now as we talk about these wonderful dog stories to thank our sponsor. And our sponsor today is Pros. And, you know, there's really no one size fits all solution when it comes to hair care. And I think that Pros is this great product that works wonders for my hair because, you know, if you have curly hair, it might make your straight hair limp. If your hair is really dry, it can dry it out even more. And thanks to my personalized pros routine, I can honestly say I've never been more in love with my hair. And pros makes custom hair care that's effective because it's personal and they use natural ingredients with proven results. And I just want to take a minute here to talk about my pre-shampoo hair mask, which I really, really love. It smells so good. And it has fiber repair in it with plant collagen and lilac and hyaluronic acid. It's also got nourishment in there with argon and Sasha Yusi and Hobo oils. Then for my split end repair, it's got castor seed oil and for deep nutrition, oh my God, it's got mango butter. I mean, this is good enough to eat. And what I like about pros is they first start by asking you about you as a person with their in-depth consultation. And they ask me different things about like, you know, am I in wind? Am I near the ocean? What do I like to do? And they analyzed my answers and determined what unique blend of ingredients should be in every product of my custom routine. And together, pros got all of my hair goals covered. So what I like about them also is if you're not 100% positive, pros is the best hair care you've ever had. They will take the products back, no questions asked. So I want you to check out pros. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash coach talk. That's pros, P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash coach talk for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. You will be so glad you did. That pre-shampoo hair mask is so delicious. Okay, so we're talking today with J.C. Childers, and she's written a couple great books about dogs and dog stories. And J.C., you have a wonderful story about a dog in 9-11. There are, well, for 9-11, there was this beautiful dog who was owned by a man who could not see. The dog saved not only his life, but others, because he got his owner out of the building, and then he went back for more. The owner didn't know for some time whether he still had a dog or not, but he had done a good thing, and he did live. He did. He survived for some time after 9-11. That's amazing, and I love, yeah. you know, I just love these stories, you know, of Laddie and your companionship or, you know, the companionship for my uh, dad or for my uh, son. And then for me, you know, I have Sally and Sally's my golden retriever German shepherd mix. And we have hiked all over together, JC, just up and down the hills here in Southern California. And she's so funny because she's my butter stealer. 
Like the only <laughs> thing she likes is butter. And so at Christmas time, you know, I'm making holiday cookies or things that require butter. And if I don't put the butter in the very center of the counter, she will get up and she'll take that stick of butter. And I could leave a steak. I could leave anything you want a lot, you know, on the counter, she won't take it. But if there is a stick of butter there, she is right on that stick of butter. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I had a white German shepherd that had that same obsession with butter. With butter. And I wonder, oh, butter. Yes. She would get up on a counter and break a dish to get some butter out of it. She would I put a butter braid out to rise. You know how those are? I don't know. You bake them, but they, they are dough and they rise and they're made with a lot of butter in it. She, I came out the next morning. What happened to that butter braid? I couldn't find it anywhere. This white German shepherd had eaten the whole blooming thing raw. Wow. She didn't wake for the bake, baking of it. Oh, she was a character. She has some stories in my book. Uh, she was precocious, very. <laughs> well, let's talk about, you know, your book. In, in your book, Pause for Smiles, you talk about Jocko and Laddie and Miss Tesla and uh, Duncan and so many other fur children. How did you, why did you decide to write this book? Because I have so many friends who wail and cry and disrupt their own lives because they have lost their little dog. It is a very sad thing to lose something that loves you as much as a dog does. You know, a dog loves you more than he loves himself. Absolutely. They do. They prove themselves that over and again. And when he, it goes on over the Rainbow Bridge, it's gone. But you've got to realize these little fellas aren't given the length of time that God gives to us. We have to expect to say goodbye before maybe several times mm -hmm. to some of these little guys before we go over the bridge ourselves. But you know, I've heard, and I think it's true, that all of them are going to be on that other side of the bridge meeting you when you get there. And they're going to be coming clamoring and woofing and tail wagging. And yes, we'll see them again. They'll see us again. It's not forever. Nothing is over forever. Right. Right. I think that, uh, you know, when I when I, I had to put um, two of my dogs down in my lifetime because they were so suffering. And one of them was Bailey, Sir Thomas Bailey. And he would look at me, Janine, and he put his paw on my leg, like, please help me, please help me. I mean, there was such yearning in there and he was very, very sick. And the day that he gave me this look and I just knew, and I, I couldn't lift him. You know, he had, he was in um, kidney or heart failure. I forget which failure he was, but he was full of water. He was so heavy. So the kids and I had to put him in a laundry basket and we took him to our vet who are, you know, we know our vet very well, had her for many years. And 
we said it's time. And she says, well, do your kids want to wait outside? You know, my kids were maybe seven and 10 at the time. And, you know, the idea that they would wait outside for this was like unconscionable to me. You know, we were a family. And so I said, no. And we got Bailey on the laundry basket and, you know, Zach kind of snuggled up on one side and I lifted Max up and he's sitting on the table next to him. And I stood across from the table. We were all rubbing Bailey and we have this little song that goes, I love you every day. And that's why that I'll say, I love you, my sweet little dog or little kid or whatever in there. And we started singing to Bailey and rubbing him. And he started snoring, which always would make us laugh. And at the point he was completely snoring and just in bliss was when the doctor gave him the medicine that stopped his heart. And when Bailey had passed and, you know, we, we handed him off for cremation and, and we were sitting there as a family, we weren't crying JC, but we looked up. I remember looking up at the vet and the vet techs had come in looking in the door because they heard us singing and they were all weeping. And I was really astounded. So were the kids because this was as natural as breathing. You know, we love him so much. We want him out of pain. We want him to cross over in as gentle and loving way as possible. And the vet who had been in business probably 10 or 15 years by that, she goes, I've never seen anything like it. She goes, usually people don't want their kids to see this. They don't want that. And I'm like, this is joy. This is ultimate love. This isn't killing your animal. This is the most loving thing you can do. And I wanted my kids, you know, because I have talked about this on shows, JC, where people Mm -hmm. have said, oh, well, I don't agree. And I don't think this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what other great celebration of love is there to give someone or something peace? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And they cannot do it themselves. You have to do it for them. And it's one of the very hardest things that you will ever have to do for that little critter. But it brings them peace. It brings them comfort, takes them out of pain and makes room for another little guy that needs a home and love. That's right. That's right. And I think, you know, when I look at um, Misty and uh, Bailey were the ones that I had to put down and I forgot Smokey and Smokey too. Um, I was able to release them from this life and this body in my arms. Like what a way to go, JC, like, you know, to be surrounded by love and surrounded by music and have everybody touching you and loving you. Like there is no better way to go. That's a truth. It is so true. Mm -hmm. And they cannot do it for themselves. You've got to help them do that. And it releases you to love again. Yes. It makes life better for you as well. I have a very dear friend. She loved her animal. It was part of their marriage. And when she had to make that choice, she was beside herself. Friends were so besought by her that they got a puppy for her soon after. I had given this lady a widow a part of my home because she needed a place to live. And I wasn't prepared for a puppy and its naughtiness, but 
He's a cute little thing. He's two and a half now, and he's he he's making himself better loved. Right. <laughs> it is. I you know I I look at you know when I I've rescued and adopted all but one dog in my life, and um, I don't have the puppy in me anymore. And you know, getting a dog two or three or even older is more my speed. But that's the beautiful thing about animals, because if you really want that puppy experience, you can have that. If you really want, you know, I I prefer a more settled older dog, and um, I just I love their personalities, though. You know when you grow up on a farm and in a farming community, animals are a commodity. They're, a, you know, your horses are work th things. Even some of the dogs are the barn cats, you know, they all have jobs to do. And mm -hmm. when I brought animals into my home, the way I did, and, you know, obviously two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, all over a space of like five years, it was very funny to watch not only their personalities in relation to us, but their personalities in relation to each other. Like Chicken Nugget, who's my smallest dog, and Sally, who's my biggest dog, Chicken Nugget will forever try to steal Sally's bone or steal something from <laughs> Sally, but wouldn't steal from the dogs that were more her own size. Like it, it just was very interesting to go why this particular dog is sneaking the bone from this particular dog mm -hmm. over and over and over again. <laughs> That's so good. And all people have, I think if you have not loved an animal, you have missed a great deal of life yes. because they need you. They give you everything and more. Like I said, they love you more than they love themselves. And they're there for you. These two I have right now. They, I was called to meet the owners who were going to California where they had no children, but they had someone to look in on. I'm a niece. And they weren't there terribly long before they passed. And these dogs needed me. They needed to be near me. They were already 10 years together and with these other people. And they couldn't have a non-person life they i don't know where they would have gone or what they would have done mm -hmm. i've had them a few years i mean they must be 14 now i haven't figured it out i don't really want to know because i face every illness i'm going to have some acupuncture on the big boy he's 106 pounds and has a, a lot of pain sits at the bottom of the stairwell looks up and cries come and help Yep. Oh, it breaks your heart. Yeah. But give him pills that the doctor gave me that make them comfortable and can climb the stair and, and they keep on keeping on. They do. They give you courage to do that too. Absolutely. I don't think my father would get out of the chair if Chicken Nugget didn't need to go outside or Sally yeah. didn't need to go outside. And I yeah. think, you know, it's also one of the most wonderful gifts that they give you, which is you get over yourself. Yes. Like my dogs do not care. You know, like when I was pregnant with my kids, I was really fat and really, you know, it was hot and it was summer and I was sweaty and my hair was falling out. It was not a good look, JC. And my dogs didn't care. They didn't care if I was fat or thin. They don't care what I do for a living. Like 
there's a lot of peace in there for you with a relationship with an animal for that reason. That is so true. That is so true. And they do some of the darndest things. I've incorporated in my book stories of things that you're not going to believe until you read. I mean, this one white German shepherd went off the third floor of a lodge in Grand Lake, didn't hurt herself. And the Sheltie went down to find out if she were going to make it. And they both rejoiced in the fact that she was okay and she'd done a little trip and he was a jerk because he hadn't joined her. (laughs) Uh, They do some of the darndest things. They do. They do. I think my favorite, my favorite Misty story, uh, Misty was my first, my dog, like as an adult that I rescued that brought into my home. Like she's not a family dog. She was my dog. And Mm -hmm. I remember coming home and she was very dignified. I mean, she was a former show dog. I rescued her through a foundation and she could prance, she could show off. And I came home from work one day and I used to come home for lunch and then, you know, be home an hour later, you know, for dinner. Um, I only worked a couple blocks away from my home and she had fallen head first into the garbage can. <laughs> oh, no. It was absolutely fine. Oh. And when I went over, I thought, like, you know, because she's it was one of those flip top garbage cans yeah. she had gotten in there, fell head first in there. And the only thing were her two paws sticking up <laughs> in the back, her back feet and her tail. And at first she wasn't moving. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, she died. She smothered. She like hung herself. And then I said, oh, my God, Misty, are you OK? And before I could get over there, the tail from the garbage can goes wag, 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 wag. <laughs> And I picked her up out of the garbage can and I don't know what she had been in there after, but she just looked at me like, I am so embarrassed. Like she (laughs) wasn't, you know, licking me all over crazy, happy to be rescued. She was just, oh, I can't believe I did that. And it was the funniest thing because I will still remember coming home from work that day, you know, downtown Los Angeles, coming in my apartment and thinking she's dead and the tail just going wag, 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 wag. And it was just, it just, it just was one of my favorite Misty stories for, for nothing other than my own enjoyment. Yes. Yes. They do keep coming back. I have this one, he was brought into our lives when my my husband had diabetes and he wouldn't get out of his chair to walk. He needed to get exercise. This dog, a friend of mine, well, I've adopted her as a daughter, a bonus daughter and her husband is a bonus son and they've got a grand, they've got a son that's my grandson now. Anyway, I do that. I, I adopt a lot of people as well as a lot of dogs. And this group they are just wonderful and this dog he uh, he did something that caused people to really perk up and well what in the world's like he up to what's he doing yeah but he was doing something very unique to save himself 
from a situation. And he did. He got out. It's in the book. Read the book and laugh some more. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they are so funny and they are so unique. My Bailey, you know, Sir Thomas Bailey, he used to eat bees and he would grab a bee out by the pool. Then he would throw in his mouth and he would throw it to the ground. We actually filmed him doing this because it was the, the craziest thing you'd see. Then he would take his paw and he'd roll the bee back and forth and then he would eat it. Oh my goodness. And uh, you know, he had more than enough food. You know, he <laughs> he didn't need to do this and he would eat bees. And then my dog, Smokey, Smokey was fat and had a weight problem. And no matter what we did for Smokey and Smokey was a girl, I know Smokey's a boy's name, but I didn't know that, but she was the color <laughs> of smoke and it was just the perfect name for her. And mm. I took her to the vet and the vet's like, you've got to stop feeding her. You've got to stop feeding her. And I'm like, I swear I am not feeding her. There's no one here, but me. I don't know why she's so fat. And then I went out in my garden one day and I'm like, what are all these shells doing here? She was eating every snail she could find. And what a special appetite well and you know she, she somehow liked snails and sometimes they were cracked open and i finally pulled one out of her mouth and we had lots of snails at southern california though know, there's tons of snails everywhere and she was eating these snails and when i looked at what are snails mostly they're very fatty yes so, you know, that's, you know, that's where she got her weight problem from. <laughs> well, they do that without even looking at them twice. And you don't want to, this old guy I've got must be 14 at least minimum. And I just don't refuse him anything he wants to eat. And he's 106 pounds. <laughs> and his predecessor was 111 Ooh. and they brought him in from Wyoming by way of Salt Lake City on a plane called Dog is My Co-Pilot. And this chap who was in the Air Force and now flies planes for animals and takes them where they can be able to maybe find a home that will fit them forever and brought him into my area by way of my bonus daughter who when she opened the gate to the car she outstepped this 111 pound big black and white dog mostly black and supposed to be a border collie well I took him to the vet to make sure all was checked out well not everything had been he had to have a clipping job at age nine which he didn't take happily to but you have to or you can't adopt them so it was me or the highway wow so, so we had to have a vet do his job and when my man went to went over the bridge himself and the little dog followed him shortly after but before he did I installed a water system in the yard. I wanted a sprinkler system. Got tired of hauling hoses around. And I searched the market and found the best crew. 
And while they were digging their trench for the water equipment, the boss went down to the lower deck below and was checking the water faucet down there. And it wasn't too long before he came up the stairway mopping his head. I said, Frank, what's the matter? He says, your dog peed on my head. I Ooh. said, oh, you be kidding. Well, he could see him between the, the slats on the deck where I had put the dog to be out of the way and not in dangerous harm for anybody, himself included. Well, he decided he saw that guy down there. He didn't need to be there and he's going to take care of the situation. Well, his head was yellow. I said, oh, please jump in the shower. Every one of them has shampoo. He says, sure. yeah, they don't have any water. We had to shut all the water off to put your system in. Oh. Well, oh, my no. neighbors will give you a place to shower. No, no, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. So I gave him a, a watering can full of water and some wet wipes. And he spit, well, the guys were falling out. What happened to you, Frank? Well, this dog peed on my head. <laughs> and I said, oh, what can I do for you? Well, he had to just wait till he could go home, he said. But every time I hear that, I laugh. That's and you know, for every good belly laugh, you go five years more. I think I'll never die because every time I tell it, I are. I love that. That is really funny. That is so funny. So let me ask you, how can people, they can find your books on Amazon. You have Pause for Smiles and then you have another book uh, that you have on available on Amazon. Tell me about oh. that one. Oh, yes. That was my very first ever book. When the COVID came into our lives mm -hmm. and shut us out of friendships, going or coming, I said, I can't stand to sit alone. I've got to do something. All my life, I have journeyed and journaled. Everything that I do, I want to remember when I get to my rocking chair. Mm -hmm. And I took notes. And from that, I wrote a book. And it's called, What Are You Doing the Rest of Your Life? And it's got little hearts dancing across the cover of it. Mm -hmm. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and then the independent bookstores. And it's about life, my first 88 years. I spent abroad, 11 of them, working for the government in, in a joint venture in Germany and Thailand and Okinawa. And so I had a lot of tales to tell about that. In fact, I had met this Texan in Germany when he was putting in microwave communication sites there. And he, he was transferred to Bangkok to do the same. He sent me a ticket and a proposal. We were married in Bangkok, lived there five and a half, three and a half years, three and a half years. And were married there by a local Ompur. And life is so full. There is so much to enjoy. There is so much to share. And I like to be able to give a laugh to all. And 
I don't have any kids by the normal way. I buy them with love through my heart. And they're all still with me. And one German daughter lived with me for over a year, has a diploma when she graduated from high school in Germany. She was a neighbor the last time I lived in Germany. Met her there as a little seven-year-old and her brother six. Now she is a Lufthansa flight attendant. Oh. has been many years. Comes to visit me. I just have an email from her this morning that I haven't, well, it's actually a voicemail. I haven't had a chance to get to listen to the rest of it. But she is my daughter. She made this wonderful necklace I wear. It Aww. has a little heart in the back, and I love hearts, and she knows that. She's made me all colors, but this one is pearl, and it has a little teeny silver heart on the back that says, made with love. And, she, and all my kids needed to know some of these things that happened to me, because when you step in the doo-doo, nobody else has to. They can avoid it by finding out what happened to me when I did. So they have had a cleaner foot throughout life because I have had a chance to share my experiences. They all have autograph books in their hands. And I hope they have made life easier for themselves by reading them. And I think so. I've had good reports. I love that. So the book is called, What Are You Doing for the Rest of Your Life? Inspiration for Life, Living, and Happiness. It's available, Janine, who goes by J.C. Childers. And you can find it that's available in Kindle Unlimited. You can read with Kindle Unlimited, and you can also get it as a perfect paperback. So Janine, JC, I loved our time together today. We share a love of dogs. We love hearts. We love kids. There's just so much love in the world, and I thank you for being part of it. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share it with others. Thank and with you. you. I think you're a wonderful, brave girl. You're a sandwich generation. You take care of your father. You take care of your children. And you're there for all of them. And for what, six, seven dogs? (laughs) Honey. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Janine Childers, that's spelled J-E-A-N-E. N-E, Janine Childers, C-H-I-L-D-E-R-S. Go ahead and pick up a copy of both of our books. They're good for your heart, and you'll be glad you did. We'll be back again next week. Thank you. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.